Joe started the series with why do we worship, um, what do we worship, um, loads of different um, topics on the spirit and the word of God, um, worshipping in different seasons that we're in. And tonight I really want to talk to us about um, this, well, it's taken me a while to sort of um, think about the topic. Mark uh, chatted to me earlier this week and he said, you know, what are you feeling, what are you sensing? Um, and so I came up with this incredible, incredible uh, title for this talk. Um, something that's really inspiring, something that will probably change your life just looking at it. Three simple words, I don't know. I don't know. That's not me saying I don't know about the preach, I do know about the preach, but I don't know. See, this is a phrase that um, is really uncommon in our society. And it's, and it's really uncommon, I'm a millennial, um, we don't like that word, I don't know. You see, I don't know to us means that we uh, maybe aren't as intelligent as someone else. And technology these days, technology tells us that we need to know everything. That we need to understand everything. See, the phrase, I don't know, uh, I would say, if I was to hear somebody say that, symbolises maybe weakness, maybe foolishness, maybe a lack of knowledge. And yet the, the phrase, I don't know, really struck in my heart this week. Um, and, and it came, it came, uh, sort of came to my heart this week for different reasons. Um, I wasn't going to talk about this, and then uh, something happened this week that made me go, right, okay, Lord, I think it's time. Um, 2019 uh, was a quite a hard year for me. Um, I would go as far as to say it's one of the hardest years I've, I've ever gone through. Uh, it was a hard year for, for different reasons. Uh, there were some family things that went on on both sides of our families. Um, that were really quite challenging. Um, we, we, would, we were sort of dealing with, with that in a pastoral sense, Joe and I. Um, but just to give you some context, Joe and I got married. Uh, we lived in London. I trained at drama school. Uh, Joe trained as a counsellor. And then we decided to sort of have like a gap year, um, a gap year of marriage. I don't know if that's a thing. We made it a thing because Joe and I, we like to be, you know, different. So we decided we were going to have just like a year, 18 months, sounds so good, by the beach, in Devon, uh, living our best lives. Uh, Joe bought a paddleboard, put us into a lot of debt. <laughs> He's already spoken about that with the van. We've got more stories, but we'll, they'll keep coming. Um, yeah, moved to Devon and we thought, you know what, we're going to... Um, we're just going to have some time. Joe got an amazing job as a uh, mental health lead in a school, working with really troubled teenagers. Um, and uh, I was offered a business, a franchise, um, and we thought it was going to be the most incredible 18 months. It turned out to be the hardest. However, there is, there is light at the end of that tunnel because God always uses hard times. Um, that year was hard for lots of reasons, and a real big reason that I wanted to talk to you about tonight is loneliness. Um, I wasn't lonely in the sense of I had a lot of people around me. We had our families, we had lots of nieces and nephews, 
Um, I had uh, old friends, old my old church that I gave my life in, um, loads of different acquaintances and connections, and yet in a crowded space and a crowded room, I felt real, real loneliness, real isolation. And I wonder how many of you in this room have felt the same. I wonder how many of you in this room can look back on real times in your life and thought, in a room full of lots and lots of people, I have felt incredibly, painfully lonely. And that was me for about 18 months whilst we lived in Devon. Um, Joe and I went through some real marriage stuff, which, which they say is very normal in your first two years of marriage. Um, I feel like it was just a, just a time in our lives where God was really real, but rebuilding some things. Um, Joe and I are in our mid-twenties, so that there's a lot that has just been crammed into our brains. Um, and particularly in our society, in our generation now, I know there are some young people sat here, you know, in our generation now, in our society now, I think things are getting, I would say, harder. Um, there's a lot that we're sort of battling with, with social media, um, loads of different things that I experience. So with all of that in mind, um, we, I, I got to a place in my faith, and, I'm, and this is the first time I've spoken about this publicly, um, I got to a, a, a place, and it didn't last long, um, a real season of going, what am I doing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who you are, God. I don't know if you're real. I don't know if this is real. What are we doing? Why am I here on this Sunday morning? I don't know. I don't know why I live here. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm called to do. I don't know if my marriage will work. I don't know if my family will be okay. I don't know if my health, my mental health will be okay. I don't know. I got to a real season in my life where everything became a question mark. And I wonder if that's the same for you in your life. Have there been moments in your life where there have been some real question marks? Maybe it's now. Maybe you've come in today and you've thought, oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm here. I'm sat in this pew. I'm putting my hands up or I'm listening to Meg singing. I'm reading the words on the screen, but I'm and I want to encourage us tonight, not just tonight, next week, the week after, if there are some I don't knows that stick out in your brain, I want you to put them to the forefront of your mind and I want you to embrace them. And I promise you, there is a gospel in this, there is a God in this that will change it. But for now, I want us to really focus on that I don't know. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's parents, children, family members, marriage, health, mental health, future, past. I don't know. I would love us to turn to 1 Samuel 14. If you don't have a Bible in front of you, don't worry. It's going to be quite... um, I'm looking at two different sort of short chapters in 1 Samuel 14. Um, I hope it's to be up on the screen. Joe very quickly typed it in for me earlier. Um, we're sort of going to skip in the middle, okay? So we're going to do chapter 1 and then we're going to skip to chapter 6. It'll all make sense in a minute. Um, and just to give you some context of this, uh, Saul was the king of Israel. 
okay? He was the king of Israel, uh, and they were going to go into battle with the Philistines. Um, and what ended up happening was uh, they didn't have many people to fight um, for Israel. So Saul was like, oh, yeah, I can't be bothered. I mean, I'm sure it's more dramatic than that, but this is you know, my interpretation. Um, it couldn't be bothered. He didn't want to do it. So instead, he was like, oh, um, let's just leave it. But he had a son called Jonathan. Um, and Jonathan, uh, an incredible, faithful man, he um, basically took this like young guy with him. Let's just say he was like his apprentice, I don't know, something like that. Took him with him and was like, look, in the middle of the night, my dad doesn't know. Um, nobody knows. L- let's sneak off and let's pick a fight. Let's pick a battle. Um, so we're going to read from here. It says, One day Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to his young armor bearer, Come, let's go over to the, Philist- the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Ooh, how many times have we not told our parents things that we should have? Joe? No? <laughs> We're going to skip to uh, verse 6. It says, Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, Come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps, I want you to really t- pay attention to what this says here, perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Another translation for this is maybe the Lord will act on our behalf. What? Maybe. Perhaps. If I was going into battle, I would like to know there was a 100% guarantee that I was not going to die against hundreds of thousands of Philistines stood opposite me. Yeah? Maybe. Perhaps. What an odd thing to say. See, I feel so sorry for this young armor bearer because he's probably just sat there thinking, oh my goodness. Okay, I'm just going to have to put on a brave face. Because he told me to, but what? I mean, do you ever have moments in your life where you're like, God, please, give me a sign. Give me something. Confirm it. Don't make me just put a big question mark over it of maybe. See, I want us to think about faith journey tonight. I want you to think about your faith, my faith, our faith. How often... In your life, do you question the circumstance of your situation? You're thinking a bit about I don't know. I wonder if there have been things that come into your head as I've been talking about I don't knows for you. See, how often are we confident in the fact that we don't know what will happen? And I think this links really beautifully to suffering. Um, suffering is something I'm still... Um, wrestling with, um, I, I imagine we all are in one way or another because suffering doesn't always make sense. You see, and suffering, uh, it doesn't always go to plan. See, I'm a massive control freak. Joe will vouch for that. You know, so I'm a massive control, control freak. I hate the idea of not knowing what happens next. I do. And that's something I'm working on. But the idea of something going wrong and then not not being a guarantee from God. Like, like a guarantee, like a, like a contract, like an agreement that you can sign and you know on a dotted line what's going to happen. 
And yet Jonathan, he, 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 there was almost like this, this, um, this acceptance of, of, of the fact that there was a maybe, a perhaps God will be with us, perhaps God, perhaps we will survive from this battle, perhaps we will overcome, I don't know, maybe. But I want you to pay close attention to what he says next. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, by many or by few. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, by many or by few. That's a statement. And, and I just find that so fascinating, that there's, it's kind of like two sides of a faith journey. That there's the maybe, the perhaps, I don't know, who knows, ah, oh, do you know, I don't know, maybe, ah, oh, but God but nothing can stop God. See, we're thinking about the I don't know. Well, going back to my story about 2019 and being in a place that was, that was suffocating and lonely and depressing and sad. What, what came from that was something amazing because in August of 2019, uh, we were called to move to Bath. Um, and we packed our bags and uh, we, we got here and the day that we sat here, I'll never forget the rest of my life, I just felt I was home. And I've felt that ever since. And that's thanks to every single person sat here and the people in the morning, because you're our home now. And, and, and there was light at the end of the tunnel. But this week, it's been our half term for Joe and I, kind of a half term of freelance. We don't really get a half term. Um, we sort of decided to do like half the week, so like Monday to Wednesday, um, working and getting everything done. It's been a really busy season for us. Um, and then we went to a hotel in Devon that we booked ages ago. It was so beautiful and lovely. Um, and we went and we did that on Thursday. And then on the Friday and Saturday, we uh, went talking um, after we did this hotel. We had two days. We went with your family. Um, and I got to the Friday, and I was, and I was sort of sat uh, in my, uh, in a family member's house, and it just, this wave hit me again. And I don't know why, I don't know where it came from, I don't know why, but this wave of, like, the sadness and the loneliness, um, and, and, and the sort of, like, confusion and the mist. You know that grey mist, have you ever experienced that in life, where it's just like that mist, there's no real clarity, there's no blue sky, it hit me again. And I dropped Joe off to see some friends, and, and I went and I sat in the car, I drove, I drove back to my parents, and I just sat um, at the bottom of my road where I grew up all my life, and, and I just sat in the car, and I had the radio on, and I was just sort of holding on to the steering wheel. I just said, God, why? I don't know. I don't know why. I'm simply feeling these feelings again. That's the past. My life's different now. My life's lighter now. Everything's sort of resolved in that sense now, but yet I'm still sat here feeling those feelings again and I don't know why and I really felt God talk to me and say Alice what do you know what do you know so I stopped and I thought about it I thought what do I know you see I know a bit like Jonathan that God is unstoppable and that might not mean that my circumstances match what I would like it to. It might not mean that your circumstances tick the boxes that you would like it to tick. 
oh, you know, well, in five years' time, I'll, um, I'll have this, and, and I'll be able to do that, and my children will go off and do this, and then we'll do this, and then we'll, we'll go and live here, and then we'll go here on our holidays, and yada, 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 yada. See, God can't guarantee that those things might happen. But I tell you what I do know. I know, sat in that car, late at night on a Friday, feeling all this mist and, and, and fogginess and, and sadness in my heart, I, I thought, i tell you what I do know. I know that God loves us so much that he created everything around us and he couldn't be near sin. I mean, I think that's really powerful in itself. That the God of love... That our God, our creator, our everything, being near sin, it it just couldn't happen. So what he did instead was he loved us so much that he decided to become a human being as a baby into a teenager's womb. I'm going to talk about that in a minute, about Mary and that sacrifice that she made. But what a choice. Into a teenager's womb. And she nurtured this son of God, and he grew up, and he was quite anonymous until he was in his 30s. And then in his 30s, he started to look men and women and children in the eye. He told them the most incredible, hopeful things. He healed people, mentally, physically. He declared life over people. People were raised from the dead because of Jesus. And then, when you think that couldn't be enough, he he then had to die. And not just die, but tortured. The most brutal, agonising torture. He had to go through that so that we would know freedom. And then what I know from that is that he got resurrected. So he didn't just die, he got resurrected. And when he got resurrected, that means that everything shifted for the rest of eternity. Because when Jesus got resurrected, that meant that we all had life in its fullness. So on the days when I don't know, I know that. So I thought, right, I'm going to keep this going. What else do I know? See, I know that God is in everything. He's in the anxiety, he's in the grief, he's in the depression, he's in the marriage problems, he's in the financial issues, he's in the job shifts, he's in the I don't know. See, I don't know about what my day is going to be like tomorrow. I have a good idea and it's stressful. I don't know what my next year is going to be like. I don't know when we're going to have children. I don't know what they're going to look like. I don't know what their names are. I don't know. But what I do know is God is God. And he is love. And there is nothing you can do that will separate you from the love of God. And that's big. And that changes things. And that changes me, and that changed me ever since I was 17 years old and I gave my life to Jesus. That's changed me ever since. And that will continue to change me. I want us to turn our attention to um, John, no, sorry, Luke 1, 26. Um, you'll be very familiar with this verse. It's, it's what the little children read in their little, like, Joseph and Mary costumes and angel costumes that the poor parents have had to make overnight. Um, it's that one. So I thought I'd do the um, message version. I haven't got it up there on purpose because um, I thought I'd do the message version just to, you know, spice it up a bit. And it's when um, 
the angel visits Mary. Uh, and Mary is one of my favourite characters. Well, not even characters, she's not characters. She, she's a, she was a human being. And she's my favourite, favourite, favourite person, um, bar Jesus, in, in the New Testament. And the reason I love her so much is because she was a young woman, younger than me, young woman. And God gave her the world inside her tummy. And that just, to me, just blows my mind. That, that she had so much courage, um, and in a world where feminism and, and, and se well, sexism was so apparent that women were always less, God chose her. He chose her. So I'm going to read this out to you. It's in the message version. You're welcome to get this up. Um, if you have it in front of you, don't worry if not. The angel says to her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. I wonder how often we hear that in our heads. You have nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. Oh, surprise! You have a baby. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son and call him Jesus. And he will be great. He will. He will be called Son of the Highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will rule Jacob's house forever. No end ever to his kingdom. I'm just going to say that one more time into our hearts. No end ever to his kingdom. Mary said to the angel, but how? I've never slept with a man. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest hover over you. Therefore, the child you bring to birth will be called Holy, Son of God. And it goes on to say, Mary's replying and saying, Yes, I see it all now. I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. I'm going to say that again. I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. That really encourages me in my life. When do I stand there and say, I'm ready to serve? Ready to serve. And then this is the bit that I'm going to read to you. Let it be with me, just as you say. See, Mary, she questions it, but how? How? Where in your life have you got a big how and a question mark written above it? Are there things in your life where God has told you what the outcome might be? But all the stuff in between, you're like, How? How on earth could that happen? You know, I mean, you're saying this, God. You're, you're saying that your promises are true. You're saying that you're faithful. You're saying that you can heal. You're saying that you are good. You're saying that you love me. You're saying that you're kind. But how? Because I, I can't see a light at the end of this tunnel. A little bit like me in my 2019 journey. I can't. I, how? How? And yet, even in, and this is why we want to be thinking now about our faith, about belief, about trust. See, Mary didn't know how it would turn out, having the Son of God inside her to raise him as her own. She didn't know what that was going to look like. I cannot imagine the anxiety that must have filled her. And yet, she says, let it be with me. Let it be. I wonder how, uh, how we can speak that over our own circumstances. Let it be. Let it be. 
See, that's, that's the difference between, I believe, uh, believing in something and then trusting it. See, Mary had no doubt that God was real. How could she? She had a massive angel in front of her. She definitely believed that God was real. But then what she did, she, she switched it. It was like a level two of faith. And this is what I want to encourage us in tonight. A level two of faith, of trusting. We believe and then we trust. Not knowing what the circumstances might be. Not knowing what the outcome might be. But we trust. See, I believe that Mary knew who God was. She knew he was good, just like the angel said. She knew he was faithful. She knew he was kind. He was just. And that he loved her so much. And he believes that, and he thinks that over you tonight too. And so from that, she trusted and so tonight, I want us to really step forward in our faith. And I don't know what it's going to look like, but we're going to let the Spirit minister. We're going to let the Spirit do what the Spirit needs to do in us. And I want us to take our faith and take our I don't know. Take our hows, how God, and say, but God. Let it be. So what do we know? What do we know? What do you know? What do you know to be true about Jesus? About your story, your testimony, your past, your future? What do you know to be true? I'm going to uh, invite the band up. Um, and as the band are playing... Um, I would really love it if we, as a, as a congregation, as a family, started to press into this now. And I'm going to encourage us in this time of worship to allow God to minister into your heart in the way that God can only do. See, I can stand here now, I can say all these statements and words, I know that, it, that I can't do anything unless it's God. It's between you and Jesus right now. What are the things that you are questioning, doubting, worried about, scared about, sad about? What are those things? How can God be in those things? We're talking about worship. Worship's been our whole series for the, for the last few weeks. We've been, we've been talking about why we worship, how we worship. I would love us to worship through some of this stuff. Some of these I don't knows. I want us to worship through that tonight. To see what Jesus has to say about it. To say, you know what, God, I don't know what's going to happen next week. I don't know what's going to happen in this circumstance. But I know you. And because of you, my life can be changed in the way that God wants. See, how can we take our faith from belief being the first stage and the second stage being trust? Trusting in what God says, trusting in his promises, trusting in the gospel. And I invite you to stand and I'm going to pray over us. And I'm just going to ask for God to pour out on us now. And if you have pictures, if you have tongues that you want to speak out and sing out, if you have hands that you want to raise so high in this season, now you're in. 
I want to encourage that. And if you want to come to the front and you want to have prayer over these things, come. There will be people on hand to lay hands on you and minister to you. But I just want to invite you, where you are now, in your heart now, where do you need God to step in? Where do you need your, your faith to increase? Where do you need God to tell you who he is? Not who you are, who he is. To speak that over your future. To speak that over your present. He loves you so much. More than we can ever know. More than I can ever know. But he loves us. So Jesus, would you just fall over us now? Would it not be about what we do? but about who you are. God, would our faith increase? Would our trust increase? Jesus, would we, would we know who you are in our lives? Would we know who you are by your spirit, by the scriptures, by who you say you are? God, would you move now? Would you fall on us now? Would you be in our worship? Would you be in our, in our prayer time, in our thoughts, in our hearts? God, would you fall? In your precious name we pray. Amen.